Well, good evening. Uh, tonight is a very special night, and we are so glad that all of you are here. My daughter, who has grown up far too quickly, is going to read Isaiah chapter 9 for us uh, this evening. It will be on the screen behind us. This is a reading from Isaiah 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Good evening, everybody. Tonight, we're going to talk about Christmas lights. And so I brought some for you right here. Because in Isaiah chapter 9, they're very frustrated about darkness. And so I have a question for you. Have you ever had Christmas lights that didn't work? Well, thank goodness that these work. But I, uh, I, this past year, I think I went through 10. You know how you just keep them forever? I think I had 10 that uh, either didn't work or only half of them worked. And that's very, very frustrating, isn't it? It frustrates me. And I, I always make these like magazines and I roll them up and I go around them. But every now and then if I don't have a magazine, I say, you know, at the end of the season, you're like, ah, and just throw it in there. And then there you have all these knots and it's crazy. But when there's darkness, there's frustration. And Isaiah Chapter 9 is all about the fact that they're very frustrated by darkness. The same way, but in a much more intense way that you and I get frustrated when we go through light after light after light and there's just no power to the light. The light won't come on. And so I'm just going to leave these here just as a token to remind us that we, we need light. We need light. I want to give you the context of what's going on in Isaiah chapter 9 about this need for great great light because it says they're walking in tremendous darkness and they need this light to come. Why did the light go out? What's going on in this whole situation? So just real briefly, things were bad. At the beginning of Isaiah 9 that Gracie just read, it had this phrase, uh, the way of the sea. So here's what happened. There was another country, an invading army, the Assyrian army, who had come in. And the way of the sea is actually a road. It's simply a road. It's called the Via Maris, but it's called the way of the sea. It's a major, major trading route, everybody, huge trading route. And if you can remember back to King David, he's the most famous king that Israel ever had. And if you've never picked up a Bible before, everybody almost has heard of David versus God. Goliath, right? The David and Goliath. We talk about that all the time. Well, King David, one of the reasons that he became so powerful is he set up a toll because he owned the Via Maris. So when he took power, he said, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take control of that road and I'm going to put a toll on it. And everybody who comes through heading north and south, everybody's got to come through that road. And so he collected all kinds of money. So here's what's happened. This other invading army comes in and they took control of the road. So their economy 
is in really bad shape. You know what I'm saying? The economy is in really bad shape. And so they're, they're hurting about that. And then it has this huge ripple effect. So it brings darkness. Their families were affected because they were occupied. They were living in fear. Their freedom was gone. And so all these things are shaping the darkness that they feel about their relationships, about, um, about their economy, about their future, about their freedom, about their oppression. But the greatest darkness of all was spiritual darkness. And here's the thing. Why were they in such great darkness? Uh, they had been given principles to live by. Like, hey, if you'll just follow these, if you'll make decisions to follow these principles, you're going to be okay. And you know what they did? They didn't follow the principles to live by. And so there's really nobody to blame. And they did this decade after decade after decade. And so finally, the road's taken and then everything ripples effects and it's just terrible. And now they're great. And then they need light. They need light. Here's the thing about the decisions that they made. Some people were willing to say, yep, we made bad decisions. There's nobody to blame but ourselves. We take ownership of it. Please, God, help us. But many, many people wouldn't take the ownership of it. And I think we have a good, um, a good, a good something that happened this past week that helps us maybe understand making a bad decision and then kind of cringing over the ramifications of the decisions that, that we make. Anybody a fan of uh, Miss Universe pageant? Anybody out there? I, uh, I'm not a fan. I don't follow it. I wasn't uh, sad to say. I think it was on Sunday night uh, because I think it was Monday morning that all of a sudden, boom, all this stuff. What's happened to the Miss Universe pageant? So we have a picture uh, there. Uh, now, nothing against Steve Harvey because, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I think, he's, I think he's a really great guy. That's what my understanding about Steve Harvey. But if you didn't see it, can I set this up for you about what happened? So he came out and he had the, he had the ballot, right? And the ballot says that Miss Philippines wins and that Miss Columbia was first runner-up and he made a big mistake. And so I'm watching the video. Of course, I already know this. And so he announces, here you have two more on the stage, Miss Columbia wins and the place goes crazy and Miss Philippines walks away and they put the crown on her head and for two minutes in the video, they're just cheering. And because you already know the answer, you're just like cringing. Well, about two minutes into it, you see Steve Harvey and he's kind of walking in like this. You can see he's just like, uh, uh, you know, but he comes over and he's, there's nobody to blame but me. I've made a horrible mistake. Now, well, then they come out and they take the crown Right, she's standing right in the middle. They take the crown off. I mean, you could have. Maybe you should have gone back there. Maybe they could have gone back to the back and take the crown off Miss Columbia. They didn't. They took it off her head. The place just goes in total chaos. It's crazy. Crown off her head. Put it on Miss Philippines. Everybody's shouting and screaming. The people who love the Philippines are like yes, and the people from Columbia are like no, and just everybody is fighting. But Steve Harvey says it's all my fault. He says, look, don't blame it on them. It's all my fault. He, he totally owns it. And it made me think about this. We're getting to the end of the year. We're talking about light. Now we need light from God and we need help from God. And some of us are thinking about decisions that we've made in 2015. And we're cringing over some of those decisions. And some of those decisions have led us towards darkness and not towards light. And what this story is about is, is that God wants to send great light. And here's the thing from, from the text. God is saying, the reason I'm going to send you a great light is not because you're good people, not because you've made all these great decisions, not because you're super spiritual, not because of the, I'm going to, here's one reason, I'm going to, the number one reason, the only reason I'm sending you light, because I love you. I love you. You know, it, when we mess up, when we mess up, isn't it feel so good when you just have somebody come alongside of you and just give you a big hug and say, you know what, I love you anyway, it's okay. That would have been great if somebody would have done it for Steve Harvey. Maybe somebody did. But this is what's actually happening in this text here. Isaiah's chapter 7, 8, and 9 are all about this. 
So why is God sending great light? God's sending great light because he loves us. How is he going to send it? These three chapters, 7, 8, and 9, all say the same thing. For unto us a child is born. Chapter 7 is famous. This is a prophecy about Christmas. It's a prophecy, and it says these words in Isaiah 7, 14. It says, Behold, the virgin will be with child and will conceive and give birth, and you will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 8 pretty much says the same thing. And then Isaiah chapter 9, For unto us a child is born. Same thing over and over again. So the how, how it's going to happen, is because of this child. Jesus in the Scriptures is called the source of life and light. So it's going to become because of Jesus Christ. Now, what do we do with that? And I think what the text is telling us to do, I think what the message is to all of us, is that we should say yes to the light. I mean, that's the bottom line message is say this great light's coming, and so we have a decision to make. We should say yes to the light. That's what God is presenting them before them. And if you think about it, everybody, the Christmas story is a whole series of people saying yes to the light. Think about what would have happened if you would have had these people that I'm getting ready to mention say no to the light. What if, what if Mary, Jesus' mother, and the angel comes to her and says, Mary, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. And Mary said, no, I'm not. That would have been a problem. It would have been a problem. But she says, yes, I will. And it was a really big decision to make. Because there was ramifications. There were serious ramifications with that. She became an outcast for a while because of the decision that she made. How about, how about her uh, fiancé, Joseph? He's like, oh, man, I'm out of here. Right? And the angel comes in and says, what I'm asking you to do is say yes to the light. And you know he's just under tremendous stress. And he says, yes. How about the shepherds? The shepherds, Luke chapter 2. The angels come to them. The shepherds were outcast, everybody. I talked about this recently. Nobody liked the shepherds. Nobody liked the shepherds. And so the angels come and say, you know what? We have good news, right, about this great light. Not only do I want you to hear it, not only do I want you to receive it, then I want you to go tell everybody, all those people that don't like you, I want you to go tell them about the great light. And what do they say? They say, yes, we will. And they do it. And then finally, the wise men. The wise men travel like a thousand miles to get to Bethlehem. Now, some of you traveled a good distance to be here tonight, but I doubt anybody traveled. Well, maybe you did. Maybe you came to see family and you're here tonight and you traveled over a thousand miles, but I will be willing to bet good money you didn't travel on a camel. <laughs> because, you know, that's just a special situation when you travel on a camel. You know, I mean, a thousand miles on a camel is really tough stuff. And they had to say, yes, we will go. As outsiders, we will travel all this and we'll say yes to the light. And the question is for us at Christmas time, here's the real question about Christmas. Will we say yes to the light? Because God says, for my people living in deep darkness, I am sending a very great light. And the question to be answered at Christmas is, will I say yes to this great light? light. There's a desperate need for light. Now, what happens when we're in darkness? So when I have these lights, right? When I have these lights, like I said earlier, and they won't light up, it is extremely frustrating. Have you ever walked through a dark room? Darkness is frustrating. You ever walk through a dark room and you stubbed your toe? How can it be that something so small can hurt so much? How is that possible? I mean, the whole world is coming to an end. I mean, that just hurts so badly. I heard somebody say one time that God gave us shin bones. And the reason God gave us shin bones is so that we could find furniture in a dark room. <laughs> right? Very, very painful. 
When we're walking in darkness, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of frustration, and so we need somebody to turn the light on. And maybe you've been in a situation like, hey, John, my goodness, I want the light. I'm saying yes to the light, but no light's coming. I'm still walking here in darkness. What gives? Why aren't I? And that, I really want to talk to you tonight because I've been there many times. It is a natural reaction that when you are in darkness and things are going bad, like it was going bad for them in Isaiah chapter 9, when you're in darkness and I'm in darkness, and we're asking, oh yeah, I'll take it light, come on. I'm saying, yes, 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 bring it on, no light's coming. What gives? What's the problem? Here's the situation. When we find ourselves in darkness and we're asking for light, we're saying yes to light, but we feel like nothing is changing. When we are in darkness, the natural reaction is to turn in upon ourselves to turn in and yet God tells us in those situations what we need to do is actually turn out natural reaction to turn in so I stub my toe what do I do man I'm going down I'm holding that little toe like it's the greatest thing in the world I'm holding on to it because I'm hurting so badly I'm thinking about my darkness and what God calls us to do is to turn out Jesus says in his famous most famous of all sermons Jesus' sermon on the mount he says what you're a city on a hill right you're the light of the world don't ever take your light and put it underneath. Don't hide your light. Don't keep it to yourself. Let your light shine before all people. He says, fight that urge and turn out. So if you're in a situation tonight where you're in darkness, you feel like things are really, really bad, and you're like, God, I really would take the light. What's going on? I have, I just a word of encouragement from the Scripture for you. What Jesus Christ, fight the urge to turn in and instead of turn out. Now, that's what we try to do here at Grace for an entire month. For all of Advent, we focus on turning out turning out as much as we can, right? So two weeks ago, we challenged everybody. We said, you know what, let's eat, let's eat beans and rice for a week. Now, some people came to me and said, you know, I really like beans. That's not really much of a challenge for me. Good, that's great for you. That's wonderful, wonderful. I, I'm not a huge fan of the beans, especially after four and five and six meals of it piled up on each top of each other, but that's good. But the reason we challenged you to do that is because beans and rice are inexpensive. And to eat the beans and rice and pray for people that we're going to build a well for and take the money that you saved and we'll collect it and then we're going to build seven wells in an area of the world where they don't have clean water. Let's turn out. Let's not turn in. Three weeks ago, we packaged 100,000 meals for hungry children around the world. Why did we do that? We're doing it because we turned out. We've never had so much media coverage in our life. We've been doing this for a number. You never had so much. We had ABC, NBC, and PBS all here. And so I tuned in to ABC on their website to look at the video. Now, here's the thing. This is what I want you to Tuned in, saw a little, right? You know how you can write things at the bottom? Here was the very first response after that story was given about us packaging 100,000 meals for hungry children in desperate areas of the world. Here was the first response. It was three words. Start at home. It was a negative response. Start at home. Forget the people overseas who are hungry. Start at home home. And it didn't make me upset. It made me think of this. That's a very natural reaction, isn't it? Probably from somebody who is hurting. Because that is our very, that's my natural inclination that when I'm hurting, I turn in. And so what Jesus challenges us with, if we really need light and we're walking in darkness to fight that urge and instead turn out and to be the light, to think about 100,000 people that we have helped give a meal to, to build seven wells. I mean, that's what it really means to be the light of the world and let your light shine. And Jesus says, if we'll begin to do that, fight that urge, God's light will begin to fill our lives as we walk in that. Jesus' brother, James, says something very, very good. It's James chapter 2. Listen to what he says about faith and doing good deeds and turning out and helping other people. 
What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, <laughs> have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Verse 17, here's the kicker. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Why is it so powerful? Because the light, we need power for the light, right? These lights here aren't going to work if they don't have power. And so what the scripture is saying is when we turn out and we help other people... Power from that faith comes in. So I want to encourage you here tonight. Uh, you're thinking, man, I've been through a tough time. I'm asking, I'm saying, yes, the light, what's going on? I encourage you to resist the urge to turn in and instead to turn out. And that's really what Christmas is all about. It's saying yes to the light and it's turning out to other people. Last thing I'd like to say from Isaiah chapter 9, it says something extraordinarily interesting, at least to me. Verse number 7 talks about the government of Jesus Christ and how his government is going to increase. What in the world does that mean? His government is going to... He wants to increase his government. Here's the thing. Every single person here tonight, you're running your own country. That's the reality. It's the, it's the, it's the country of you. <laughs> you are your own country. You are running your own government. You have a decision to make about your government and how you run it. And so, so God comes to Mary and she's running her own government. And God says, uh, Mary, I will never attempt a hostile takeover of your government. But you can surrender your government to me and put me on the throne, put me in power instead of yourself. Big decision to make. You can say yes to me. Same thing with Joseph. Joseph, will you allow me to take over your government? Shepherds, wise men, will you allow me to take over your government? I want you to imagine how would 2016 be different how would 2016 be different if you allowed Jesus Christ to be on the throne of your government? Like you, you sabotage yourself. You took yourself out of power and you allowed Jesus Christ to sit on the throne and for him to be the ruler of your government. This is what he's asking so that it can increase. That decision to receive the light and to be the light so that he can be in charge of your life. Now, let me conclude by saying this. this, is a real, this here's the thing. When, when we accept this light of Jesus Christ at Christmas, this is a really big deal, right? Because the scripture says in Isaiah 9 and other places that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Other places, he rescues us. In other words, Jesus isn't your coach. He's not like your life coach. I'm like coming along and said, hey, you know, just could you do this just a little bit different? Whatever. He's not doing that. He's not your life coach. He's your savior. He's your rescuer. It says that we're walking in deep darkness and that he says in Matthew chapter one in the Christmas story, you'll call his name Jesus. Let's see if you can end this. I call his name Jesus because he will save you from your what? Sins. Oh, man. So that's a word that nobody's excited about, right? Here's the thing. When you say yes to light, you have to accept something about yourself. That is that I need rescuing. I need saving. I don't just need helping. I like somebody to help me. 
But you know, there's a piece of me that can do it myself, right? We're independent people. We love, addict our independence. And he comes along and says, you know what? You're going to have to admit you can't get yourself out of this. You actually need somebody to rescue you. And so saying yes to the light, the whole thing starts with saying, you know what? I want to try to illustrate it this way. Christmas. I'm hoping every single one of you is getting everything you want tomorrow morning. I hope that you get lots and lots of presents, presents like this, right? Right? Are you excited about that? Does anybody think you're getting something good tomorrow morning? No, you're pretty miserable. Okay. Uh, I understand. I understand. All right. Pessimistic. You could be optimistic. You're better off being optimistic that you're going to get it. Um, Anyway, Uh, presents. Let's just say tomorrow morning I wake up and I go down to our Christmas tree with my whole family and my beautiful wife hands me this present, right? Hands this, here's my present. I take it, I open it up and I'm all excited, right? What's in it? Oh, it's a book. It's a book. And the title of the book is How to Be a Better Husband. (laughs) Now think with me for a second. I have a choice to make here. I can say, I'm I'm not taking that. If I accept it, I'm admitting something. I'm admitting that I need to be a better husband. If I accept it, if I gladly receive it, I say, yes, beautiful wife, I will take that awesome gift from you about how to be a better husband. I'm admitting that I actually need to be a better husband. And so when Jesus Christ at Christmas time comes along, the gift, the gift of salvation, he comes along and says, I will rescue you. I will save you from your sins. I will, I will do that. In order to receive that gift, to say yes to that gift, I actually have to admit something about myself. And that is, is that, you know what, I'm lost without Jesus Christ. That I can't do this by myself. I need rescue. I don't need helping. I need rescuing. That is the biggest yes of all. And I want to encourage you this evening. I'm going to close in prayer. And I'd like you to think about Have you ever said yes to that? Have you ever said yes to that deepest question of all? What Christmas is really all about? Receive that gift. Have you said yes? And I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a few moments when we pray. It's going to be dark in here just like this. It's going to be dark in the darkness of this room. Just to raise your hand up just before God. Nobody else is. We're all going to have our heads bowed and we're going to be praying and our eyes closed, including mine just between you and God, where you have an opportunity to say, you know what? Yes. In this place of darkness in this room tonight, yes. I'm saying yes. I need the light of Jesus Christ in my life. I'll take that. I'll take that gift. I receive it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for the promise of light, great light, not just any light, but a great light. Because, why? Because you love us so much. You have so much love in your hearts for us, God, that you don't come at us with darkness. You come at us with light, a great light from above. We thank you, God, for Christmas and for everything it stands for, for all that it means, your tremendous love for us. Now, Lord, for those of us in this room, that are grappling with the decision right at this moment, should I say yes to the light? Should I allow Jesus Christ to set up his government in my life? Help us, Lord, at this moment. Deal with us right here in these seats about making a decision that will change our lives. 
as we're all just having this attitude of prayer in this moment, I just want to ask just between you and God in this dark room, if you want to say yes to that light and yes to Jesus, just slip up your hand real quick and then I'm going to finish in prayer. Heavenly Father, you've seen hands go up all over this room, God. You know every life. You know everything we're dealing with. You know our personal situations. We've talked about what was going on in Isaiah 9. Their economy was bad. Maybe some of us are suffering from a bad economy. Their relationships were bad. They were suffering from oppression. They had lacked freedom. They had addictions. They had all kinds of issues crippling them in their lives, in their families' lives, and maybe some of us can really identify with some of that tonight. And Lord, as we say yes to you, may your great light from above pour down into our lives this evening because light brings hope and we need your hope. God, bless every single person. May your spirit fill our lives this evening in an extra special way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is our 15th birthday. Grace Community Church is 15 years old tonight. <clears throat> and, you know, for 15 years, my family's had the opportunity. Now, these guys were just really small. But for 15 years, we have the opportunity to stand up here before you. And we count that a, just a really a huge privilege. We really do. We consider ourselves extremely blessed to be a part of this family. I've said for the past 15 years, if grace is anything, we're a family. People say to me from time to time, you know, it's a really special church, Grace. And I always say the same thing, and I mean it. It's really because of all of you. Uh, we love you. We pray for you. We appreciate you. And we're asking for God's best for you in 2016 and 2016 will be your greatest year ever that God will move and work in your lives in ways that you could have never dreamt of so I'd like to end this service tonight by praying a prayer that's straight out of scripture it's Numbers chapter 6 God said to Aaron the priest of Israel I want you to pray this prayer over uh, the people for my blessing just to cover them like a blanket and so I want to end our service tonight by praying this prayer. Would you pray with me? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace, both now and forevermore, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Well, from my family to yours, God bless you. Merry Christmas. And I hope that you have a wonderful day tomorrow and a happy new year. We love you. God bless. Amen.